Welcome to another Kundalini Conversation. I'm your host, Brent Spirit, and my guest today is a friend of mine, Chris Woodstra. Chris, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, of course, of course. So uh, Chris and I met on the When Lightning Strikes community. Of course, When Lightning Strikes is the uh, nonprofit organization dedicated to uh, peer support for those going through spiritual emergence and of course, Kundalini awakening. And uh, Chris, you know, from the moment we met, reading some of your posts on the uh, the boards, sharing with you in the, in the Zoom circles, I always admired your ability to articulate your experience uh, as well as how grounded you are. And I think that um, you're a great example of you know, what it looks like once we begin to integrate this massive spiritual awakening, this far out spiritual awakening with Kundalini back into the world. And uh, recently on a, on a, one of our meetings, you mentioned that you went through, uh, or you, you began to feel a lot more integrated. And it was around this time I got the, uh, the intuitive message, you know, get Chris on the show, get him to share his story. So of course, uh, Chris is here with us today. Um, with about 15 years of experience in Kundalini process. Chris shared with me earlier that the past three years have been the most intense. So we'll unpack uh, these these different phases in your journey, Chris. Um, coming to us today from Tennessee, the Knoxville area. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, connect with us. So let's see where this conversation goes, Chris. Let us know, you know, you mentioned 15 years ago is when this kind of all started for you. What was going on around that time? Yeah, first off, thanks for thanks for the compliments and yeah, um, chatting with the the group in general and with yourself, it's uh, it's an awesome experience and just learning from everybody else who's going through this unique process is is really cool, especially because it can be challenging at times. So being able to relate with people going through that is is really it's really quite amazing. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that and probably how I think about it, it's probably 17 years ago when I was 18, uh, 17, 18 years old in, in high school. Uh, I was just going through a lot as like anybody in high school is <laughs> pretty much. High school is like typically a very challenging time. Uh, for me, I had uh, finished playing sports as my senior year of high school and um, I kind of was going through it like a sort of transition phase of where I was trying to figure out like kind of what I was going to do next with my life, like with college and other things like that. And I just experienced like a, like a, a very challenging sort of mental health sort of crisis uh, during this time. And it was very unique for me because it was not just, um, didn't feel like it was just on the mental level. Like uh, a lot of times like you can have, um, you know, depressive thoughts or anxious thoughts or these different things that sort of happen all sort of within just like the mental level or um, how you relate to other people and things like that. But for me, it, it began to get more physical, um, be able to like feel different things in my body very uniquely. And uh, I experienced just a, a pretty intense um, sort of release of a lot of emotions at a very, um, in a very short amount of time. So it was, was quite uh, overwhelming. I was confused uh, what was happening. I was scared and frightened and sort of out of control in some ways. Uh, 
So that was my first sort of introduction into something that was like overwhelming to the point where I did not understand really what was going on with me and could not prescribe it to maybe as easily to like a traditional diagnosis, like if I was experiencing depression or some of these other things. Um, so that was kind of when things happened and that um, at the same time launched me into a sort of like internal journey at the same time. <laughs> so uh, that was sort of like a very powerful um, introduction into sort of the deeper levels of sort of psychosomatic, emotional sort of uh, a purging process that began at that time. And I've spent time since kind of like integrating that somewhat slowly um, over the course of many years. And then uh, probably about three years ago, it just picked up to a much greater intensity. So yeah, there's kind of a lot happening between then and where I'm at now. But I would say like, yeah, 15 to 17 years ago is when it first began, but there's been a lot of like changes in between and even a greater intensification even more recently. Interesting. So as a teenager, you're going through a sort of mental health crisis that seems to be more than just the typical uh, sort of mental health experience. I'm curious about your religious or spiritual background or upbringing at the time. Did you see this as a spiritual experience? Were you turning towards religion or God or, or anything like that for support? There were times like it, it was interesting because uh, my family background and sort of my own beliefs were not rooted very deeply in any sort of spiritual discipline. Um, sort of come, came from a Catholic Christian type of uh, background, but nobody practiced very seriously. And there was sort of like a very casual nature to that type of orientation, just like spiritual beliefs in general within my family were relatively loose. And I was raised in a way that you kind of I just figure it out for yourself more or less. So it was not like a, uh, nothing that was forced upon me or even to the point where like, maybe not even encouraged upon me. It was sort of just like, this is kind of what we're doing. And there's a freedom there to figure it out for yourself, which was uh, sort of in hindsight, really nice. Um, being able to have that level of like autonomy there. Uh, but for me during sort of more crisis moments, especially when things like started going then, I, I think just the level of intensity and the the suffering that was encountered absolutely brought me to the point where I considered some of the more deep questions in life and reached out to things that were, you know, greater than myself and even considered different um, sort of concepts, ideas, uh, all sorts of things like that. So I would say that that, that, um, that probably started the inquiry more deeply, <clears throat> but it wasn't until a little bit later in, in college to where I actually started to like explore with um, different practices, different disciplines, um, different traditions and things like that. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I'm curious. So it seems like the first sort of uh, decade or so was like a slow sort of uh, unraveling and then things picked up about three years ago am i right yeah i would i would probably one thing to to cover is so like after after this crisis around 18 i went to i went to college and sort of things started to level off somewhat uh there was a slow unraveling kind of like you're saying but 
Um, maybe when I was like 21, I started living alone just by myself. I just kind of needed to get away from sort of the, the college lifestyle of, I don't know, just like the binge drinking lifestyle that sometimes happens at universities that ended up just really not being good for me for a while. So I, I ended up just like moving into an apartment by myself and sort of gained this level of independence to where I spent a lot of time with my own thoughts away from people. Like I was kind of living like a sort of like this like monk lifestyle by myself, like going to class, but then like coming home and like kind of sitting in silence and, you know, not, not watching a lot of TV or doing anything like distracting online and things like that. So I kind of like was ushered into this sort of um, contemplative lifestyle around like when I was 20 years old or so, which is funny because that's kind of like my sort of personality anyways. I am kind of like the more contemplative type. So it was, it was funny. Like that was like a, a deepening of that, but that was the first time I've ever like, like tried meditation, tried to meditate. Uh, so this is probably like 2010 or so maybe. And um, at that point I was kind of just looking for any type of um, method to assist with like just feeling better <laughs> on many levels, like um, feeling better about myself, gaining confidence, uh, dealing with negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs and things like that. So um, spent a lot of time just like researching things and ended up just like attempting meditation. And it's funny because like my personality type is also someone who like does everything quite intensely. Like I, sometimes I can't just do things just like on a more, um, sort of medium level I, I tend to like go into things pretty like kind of a lot so when I meditated I, mean, I was meditating for you know first at 20 minutes of time and things like that and then it would you know, deepen it to like an hour at a time and I was doing it every day and sort of like it was a lot up front with that and that was the first time that I experienced sort of like what I would maybe call like sort of a rising type of um, behavior like I felt uh, heat and different uh body sensations that were not just like on an emotional level like shaking and things like that um so i was not really aware of it at the time but i was sort of like seemed to be like slowly waking up this sort of force in me um through this and so there are times where i'd be walking to class and i would have sort of like sudden insights into maybe like things i was doing and like my relationships that I was having and they weren't really like out of body experiences, but they were more so like expansive uh, states of consciousness where I could be like much more reflective, like as an observer on myself in some ways, but there was also like a lot of energy with it too. So it was very confusing because I was like um, also experiencing like rushes of uh, bliss at times and some other things that were quite overwhelming. Um, but that ended up not lasting very long. So that was like, um, it seemed to maybe like some people say like kind of goes dormant again uh, at times. It seemed to maybe be what, what happened after a certain amount of time, maybe like a month or so that started to calm uh, itself down considerably. And I resumed a somewhat uh, normal life after that. I made many changes uh, in my life. That was sort of like a, a my first real like spiritual opening to where uh even considered the idea that we're greater than this sort of body mind situation that we're we're doing and 
even more than that, I started to have fundamental changes, like on a, on a heart level. Like I, I ended up changing what I was studying in college at the time. I, I wanted to do something that was a whole bit more useful and beneficial towards society. So I changed my degree to environmental policy in the hope of potentially helping with uh, sort of environmental causes and things like that. So it was just it was a time of great like change and transformation for me in, in spurts, I would say. And then after that, it was sort of just like it, it kind of like calmed down and there was some level of normality that resumed after that. So it was like a, a, a brief spurt of transformation that ended up kind of sliding back a bit into a more normal lifestyle after that. Interesting. Okay. So we have something in common, which was that we both turned to meditation just to feel a little better. And then this energy started to move through us. Um, I had a very similar experience where I sat to meditate and suddenly my spine was moving and I thought, like, I don't know what this is about. So when this was going on for you, did you have the word Kundalini? Did you know about spiritual energy and chakras? Did you have anyone to talk to? Or was it just like, you know, I'm not sure what that is. And then you just kind of went on with your life. Yeah, I, I did not have, <clears throat> did not have an understanding. I think, I mean, it, Luckily, I had the internet at the time, so I believe I like was Google searching like what was going on, and I'm pretty sure I came across the term, but didn't really fully connect the fact that that was what I was undergoing. Um, for me, it was more so like a, I think I think at the time I stumbled across a couple books that um, just talked about like healing in general and how it can affect the the body, the mind, and, and old emotions coming up from sort of the past and surfacing can affect you in ways that aren't typically maybe what you would assume. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was like this process of discovery there where I was like, I was confronting a lot of things that I had suppressed previously and kind of going through this like um, accelerated healing process, but the, but the two never really connected. Like I didn't realize like, oh, this was like, Kundalini energy moving through me or anything like that. So there was not too much awareness there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, this is why I like to have people like yourself on the show is so that we can show all these, these different ways that this process unfolds so that others out there listening can say, well, you know, I'm having a similar experience to what Chris was having and he's, you know, maybe 15 years ahead. Now I can use his experience and say, maybe I'm in Kundalini process too. So that's, that's great. Um, thank you for sharing about those earlier times. So, so it goes somewhat dormant. What's going on for you at this period in your life? Uh, I moved to Tennessee at that point. I uh, did a program called AmeriCorps, which is like a sort of community service type of, it's like the best, we describe it to people like the domestic version of the Peace Corps. So you do do like service work. Um, I was very environmentally focused because I was uh, really into that. Um, but I was sort of setting out on this sort of like career path to where I was hoping to do good things in the world. Um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I was kind of just a confused postgraduate kid exploring more or less. <laughs> and uh, my life still kind of remained sort of this hybrid <laughs> It's kind of like this hybrid between like um, kind of this working professional, but still kind of going out and hanging out and going to the bar and doing those things, but also like this secretive like monk sort of personality underneath that, that would like take time away from that and 
go read certain books and spend a lot of time by myself and continue to, to, to get deeper into meditation and, and also enjoy like, um, spending time with myself in silence. Like, I think that's something that really was, uh, ripened sort of from the college experience that I went through living alone. It's like, I was really started to be okay with just being by myself and like a really enjoying time with myself and just being in silence. Uh, so I would say there was, um, sort of this kind of this dual life happening in some ways where you know, I was in a relationship and I was, you know, working, and, but I was also kind of, uh, like exploring this other part of myself that was still sort of like slowly developing. Very interesting. And so how old are you about at this time or how long has it been since you found meditation and whatnot? Uh, I just turned 35. So um, probably been 14, 14 years, 15 years. Okay. And, and so um... it's been so on and off. Like there were times where, you know, I'd have a regular practice where it'd be like 20 minutes a day or something. And there are times that I'd not, you know, get back to it for weeks. Um, then there'd be times where I'd meditate for like four hours at a time, like kind of way more intensely. So it was like very, um, very irregular for a while. It was still like consistent, but not like, um, like a discipline uh, level of it. It was sort of like still exploratory, but like somewhat consistent, but still kind of somewhat all over the place too. And so being consistent and, and somewhat all over the place, I mean, looking back now, we know that, you know, this Kundalini force has a bit of, not a bit, but it has its own intelligence. Would you say that it was kind of uh, managing some of your meditations, the length, the periods where you would go deep? Was there something else kind of coaxing you towards meditation? I think there's like a natural inclination. There are times when it was just like a little bit more hungry to um, get back to that. There were other times where it just was not as appealing. Um, so maybe there's an intelligence there where they just needed like to have some sort of balance there between like the deep inner work and just like kind of the worldly life of doing stuff and kind of meeting people and going about your, your life. Um, so maybe, yeah, I do think there's some intelligence there where there was not like overbalance on either, either way. Um, especially because later I've learned just like Kind of you can go pretty pretty deep and that can bring up a lot of stuff very quickly so i do really like the fact that like there was a almost like a chipping away at inner work like over time over a period of you know 14 years to where it's not like some people maybe go to like a silent retreat or something and really go like deep within themselves and it pulls up maybe a lot of stuff very quickly so there were times that like i definitely um did that but it was more so like just slowly over time there was stuff happening very interesting so so far in your journey i'm noticing a theme of like this this incognito monk mode kind of a hybrid monk right where you're doing the work and then you're out in the world and now even with your meditations you're, you're sometimes you're going deep for four hours and sometimes you're not really sitting it's like you're oscillating between these two worlds and now, like like we know, um, which I'm sure we're going to get to, was you know, a, a big part of your journey is is reintegrating back into the world. And we were speaking earlier, and you were saying, you know, I've gone through this Kundalini awakening process, but I've got a regular job. Um, so I think that's that's an interesting uh, theme emerging in your story is that uh, y you know you kept both one foot in each of these worlds, and somehow you've managed to uh, you know find a, a balance. 
Yeah, I, I do think there was um, there was a really nice balance for a while, especially after sort of college and then moving through like my mid to late 20s. Uh, what I will say is that about three years ago, things kicked up like way harder than any time previously. So there was a period of a year, two years, even now it's still quite intense that it was really difficult to maintain balance. Um, there was just a lot going on. There was uh, much more movement happening. There was a uh, physical aspect of this process was like extremely uh, pronounced. So like, I do feel like sort of the, the past experience, the my time in my twenties, the time right after college really laid like a foundation maybe uh, to kind of experience the more intense places, uh, the more recent, maybe the last three years type of energetic movements and still kind of understand that um, there is like a stability there to where like you can go through a really difficult week or a day or have something that's debilitating or kind of be bed bound on a really challenging energetic level for a while and still kind of know that you're going to, you're going to get back to some level of normality at some point. So I never really felt like even in the throes of uh, the more recent um, intense spurts, there was a knowing that like, I mean, if at some point I was going to kind of figure it out and gain some level of balance to where I could have a, I don't even know what a normal life is, but uh, my version of it, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, that confidence um, was, was very apparent to me in the things that you share when you're, when you're, you know, speaking to another person who's maybe going through a hard time. Um, it was very apparent to me that you have that confidence. And uh, that's why, you know, I wanted to, to hear more from you. So let's dive into these, these past three years where things got really intense. How did it get started? What was going on for you? Yeah, I have sort of a little bit of a crazy story where uh, five, six years ago, I, I was part of sort of my healing journey and part of my um, sort of just attempt to live like a really healthy lifestyle. I, I just got into like running. And so I was uh, running marathons, I was running ultra marathons. I got really, really into trail running and was training for races and things like that. And I uh, loved it. That was like my thing for a while. Um but then all at the same time, I was kind of doing the sort of incognito monk mode still, like kind of behind that. And that was gaining intensity. So like there was less maybe um, chipping away. It was like, I honestly just felt like there was just like this thirst. Like it just kept like, like it, there was a, a greater thirst to um, open in some way that I had not previously. I, it's hard to describe because it was sort of like a, a somewhat subconscious motivation that just kept, kept like gaining momentum. Uh, so like I was, I went on a run with friends. Uh, we went running on the Appalachian trail here in East Tennessee. So, um, Appalachian mountains are pretty close and we, <clears throat> we went on a long run, like a 20 mile run in heat and it was hot summer day in June. Like I still remember the day, <laughs> June 5th, uh, 2021. Uh, and I was just like a mile 17, 18. And I started to feel like this euphoria hit me out of nowhere. And like I um, started running much faster, <laughs> so, so like it was really feeling it. And then uh, shortly after that, like there was just like this huge spontaneous body movement that like started to get really painful. And I, my leg, my right, I think it was my left leg, actually just started like cramping really hard. And I had to like stop running immediately. And I was like, 
um, in an enormous amount of pain. And like my leg was just like kind of balled up like while I was on the trail. And it was, it was a terrible experience. It felt horrible. And um, I kind of feel like looking back on that, it was like only was trying to like maybe shoot up and out and it just kind of got blocked in some ways. And it ended up like maybe redirecting and like just getting like really clogged up within my body. And it was just like a really difficult, painful experience to where I like had to like get helped off the trail. Like I felt embarrassed. Uh, it was um, something that I did not plan whatsoever. And sort of, I spent like a, a day after that just sort of like collecting myself. Like I didn't know what happened. And I, uh, I first thought like, Hey, this is something that was just happening because I've, I've been training like really intensely lately. So I went to the hospital just to like get myself looked at. I, uh, got some blood tests and things like that to see kind of where, where I stood on that, in that regard. And, um, at some point, like the doctor said, like, yeah, like you have elevated levels of this, this and that, because you're running a lot. That makes sense. It's pretty normal. Just go drink some water and recover and you'll probably be fine. I was like, okay, cool. That sounds good. Uh, and then like two days later, I went for like a recovery hike just to kind of like shake things back out and like try to see if I was good. And, uh, at the time I was living at this really cool house, like right on the trail. And so I just walked in the backyard, got on the trail, started walking and, just felt this like terrifying, like big, big, big energy sort of like happen within me. And I started to feel all like panicky and uh, I got really scared. So I like ran back home like, very quickly and um, just started shaking, just started like sh shaking like uncontrollably uh, in my, in my house. And there was like heat sensation. There was like cold sensations kind of oscillating back and forth. And I was like, okay, this is something different. This is something different going on here. And uh, at that point, I started to like piece together that I just kind of like really woke this thing up in a much more intense form. Because at that point, it was like um, physically overwhelming uh, to the point where like I was forced to confront it and understand it much better. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Frightening, I can imagine as well. Um, just the other day I saw like a, a short video online. Somebody was, it was a runner, a marathon runner, I think. And he was filming himself running and he's bawling his eyes out. And he's like, you know, why do I cry every time I run? And I guess a doctor was saying, you know, we're science is, they're not super sure, but they think that the exhaustion can kind of weaken the will that suppresses emotions and things can kind of stir up. But just curious, do you think the, the running, um, had a similar effect where it like exhausted you to the point where this energy can just, just come up or am I way off? Yeah, I think I a couple of things were going there. I think it was already starting to go a little bit. Um, like after it went dormant, I think it was still kind of like waiting to waiting for the right moment, maybe just to, to fully kind of go. Um, but another thing I would say is that like running for me, especially like trail running and running in the mountains and, some of these cool places we have around here, that was sort of a spiritual practice for me. So absolutely. Um, there were times where I would just run for hours and hours and that was sort of like a meditation. It was, I mean, it wasn't sort of, it was a meditation. It was sort of a deepening, um, it was a really profound process because when you're, when you're running, like you can, it's a unique combination of like, you can achieve some sort of like mental silence or like, um, some of that like doling of maybe the more compulsive, repetitive, 
with thought patterns, but also like you're very alert and like awake because you're moving and you're, you're exercising, you're working out. So it's almost like an accelerated form of meditation at times. So I feel like that maybe um, just accelerated the entire process much, much further and ended up just kind of blasting the whole thing open. Very interesting. Yeah, this is uh, a first uh, for me hearing about somebody who had an awakening through running. I've heard all, a lot of different scenarios, but running, that's, that's something new. But yeah, it makes sense. I, I love the way you described yeah. it as, as a meditation. Um, interesting. Okay, so so now you, you said, you know, you recognize that now you've really, really awoken this this force. I take it that you, you kind of know this is Kundalini at this point? Yeah, for sure. Um, or like right after, uh, um, pretty much right after like the sort of the, the run um, event, uh, I, I I started to actually like understand what was happening. And soon after that, I ended up finding Craig uh, Holiday, who many people know at this point. Um, yeah, offers the support group and things like that. So I ended up finding, ended up finding Craig, ended up meeting with him once um met with a lot of people within that group talked to them um just kind of like had a lot of confirming experiences uh conversations that was like okay yeah this is what's this is what's happening and sort of all the while like the um i got thrust into a bit of a dark night again um during this like sort of up surge that happened uh so it was like it's very apparent um because of how intense it was especially like the the feelings in the body and just like um overwhelming um sort of like psychosomatic experience that would happen like daily it was not it was not like at a gentle pace it was happening like very demanding um every day uh stuff was coming up and uh at that point it was just like almost like completely obvious of what was happening okay so so where do you go from here you 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 find the term, you know, and you accept, okay, I'm in Kundalini awakening process. Things are coming up. How do you manage what's coming up? Do you, do you fall back on, on any practices? Is there any mindsets, philosophies? And I'm asking just for the others that are out there in this place right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so say like when it really started to kick up again, there was almost like a, um, uh, survival mode type of situation that initially took over um like i was in the beginning i was just trying to kind of make it day by day um there's a lot happening there was uh emotions coming up daily so like in the beginning it was just sort of just like hey i need to take care of myself like whatever that means um i was very lucky at the time to be working from home uh, i do software stuff so work on the computer and so like being able to not have to go to an office for a little bit was extreme like I feel like I got very lucky with that um because like I could tend to all the stuff that was happening uh like just at home like if I needed to soothe my body I could go jump in a bath or something or take a warm shower or just go lay in bed or listen to music or do these, do these different things but I think in the beginning it was very sort of like I did feel like I had a nice base towards like having some of these movements throughout my, my life, but it still was like trying to like figure it out on the go pretty much uh, in the beginning. So I tried all kinds of things like tried crystals, tried like all these different things just to like try to give myself some ease. And I think at some point it dawned on me that this is just going to kind of uh, it's going to happen. And um, 
there was just a, there was like a periods of like where it was really intense and then kind of back off and there's just these cycles that would move in eventually i think i just get used to it like i would uh and have a really tough day uh and then i'd have like a couple good days and so it was just sort of this like slow gradual like this is how it's going to be for a while type of thing. I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to go to the hospital. I don't need to go check myself in. Uh, it's still very challenging. It's still very difficult, but um, this is how it's, how it's going to go. And I think at that time, I really connected to a sense of like trust in the process. I think, I think Craig and the group did help with that for sure. Initially just being like, Hey, like we've other people that have been through this, there are, um, uh, you know, these are a variety of things that can happen to you from a, a mental standpoint, body standpoint, all these different things. But generally speaking, it's probably going to be okay. It might be a little wild. <laughs> your body might feel like you're going down a roller coaster if you're sitting in your chair for no reason at times. But generally speaking, like um, things tend to level up uh, at some point. So I think that trust um, was probably one of the biggest factors that allowed my process to unfold a little bit more smoothly. Um, I can't, like, I can't tell where that comes from at the deepest level i do feel like i feel like at the at the deepest part like i i wanted this like i do uh i do want to be on this path like despite how challenging it is like this i i do feel like on some level this is a chosen thing for me uh, so for me there's like this not there's not as much like feeling of uh you know i'm kind of getting screwed over by the symptoms or the challenges that are, are happening, there's less of that. There still is that at times. Like when I, you know, if I can't run or I'm suddenly like, especially early on, if I was feeling a lot of panic in my body, especially like in social situations, there was frustration there. There was uh, a sense of feeling kind of abandoned and, you know, like getting the raw end of the deal at times. But I would say that that's, that's more of a, like a, a thing that happens during the most difficult times and uh, kind of, my more baseline standpoint is one of like, okay, this is just how it's going to be. This is my path. Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be worth it. Uh, we're just going to, just going to go through it. Oh, I love that attitude. I really do. Um, my aim, I think overall with this work is if I could just help people to make the shift that you're speaking about, just kind of getting on board with the process, no matter how difficult it is and recognizing that it's, it's it's an amazing journey. Um, difficult, you know, very very difficult, and for some, it's very painful as well. Um, I like how you said earlier. You know, you realize that you have to take care of yourself. Kate West from uh, When Lightning Strikes, she once said, you know, maybe for this process, the bare minimum that we have to do is just keep our bodies alive, and the rest will take care of itself. So. Of course, there's more that we can do. There's no harm in, in doing more than bare minimum. But if you just keep your body alive, the process has so much momentum um, and it will you know, just keep unfolding. So you said you, you, you got in touch with this community and they reassured you of, you know, it's, it's going to work out and this is a known process um, and that cultivated trust in you. Of course, now you're here sharing the same message for others that are you know, a little, uh, uh, you know, fresh to this process. So, so thank you. I'm curious, trust in the process, of course, but did you have a relationship with what we may call God or the divine or something like a higher intelligence that you were trusting in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there have been times where, you know, you call out to that 
whoever you're referencing, however you see that, whether that be like divine mother or God or whoever you kind of need as an assistance of a higher power or something like absolutely that that relationship absolutely like deepened uh, when things really started to go. It's almost like I feel like there's like a, a nice harmony that's coming uh, coming along in my process now where like that, that relationship starting to take like the, maybe the forefront of things. Um, my life is now becoming like a service to, to that uh, in some ways. Um, and I think like in the beginning when there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of anxiety and it was like challenging physical states that was harder to connect to at times. But eventually I felt like the energy made its way to the heart area and like there were just massive like heart openings of overwhelming sort of love and bliss and like states that are like incomprehensibly awesome. So that was like a very, it's just a really good like feedback system there to when you kind of maybe hit that state, um, it, and which is not like for me, for me, like one of the biggest things is like not getting too like addicted to that or attached to that because like that seems to come and go in my process. It's not like I'm just constantly blissed out all the time or whatever, but sometimes like that does really come through and it's really, really nice. So I feel like um, when that does, it's just a nice like uh, pick me up and like a keep going type of thing and almost like a re uh, orientation of what I'm here for and what I'm about and like what I want to do with my life. I feel like my personal will is like slowly being like sort of redirected in some ways um, to different sort of purposes. Like I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like at some point maybe a, profession change is on sort of the, the agenda for me at some point. So I feel like, um, yes, there's like an, there's a big time sort of uh, uh, developing of a relationship to this higher power, but there's also like this like synchronization happening to where like, I feel like my own interests are becoming more aligned with that slowly. Um, so it's kind of, kind of nice to where you don't have to like, um, you don't gotta like fake it or try to be something you're not as much. Um, because I, I, a big part of my process is like honesty too. Like even the parts that like, I don't like about this process, they're hard and uh, I wanna be something other than where this is taking me at times and things like that. So like, I, I just kind of feel like slowly, like my will is um, getting more in line with maybe what we would call like divine will, I guess, or something, but it's a slow process. And there's still parts of me that really object to that and uh, have friction with it. So it's like kind of just understanding that this thing's unfolding at its own pace and um, there's really nice things about it. There's really hard things about it, but it has sort of a, a place where it maybe is, is kind of nudging you <laughs> in some ways. Great. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be able to relate with that because we do have periods where there's, it's very obvious that we're, we're held by the grace of God and God has a plan and it's, it's easy to trust. And then when things get dark and difficult, you're like, no, I, you know, I don't, I want it my way. Right. And, and it can be a, it can be a difficult dance for sure. Um, I like how you described, and I haven't heard it described in this way, but it's perfect. You know, you said like the, uh, you know, receiving feedback about the work that you're doing, you know, you go through some dark period and then there's feedback, which is access to something really incredible. I think you said it's an awesome state. There's some, there's some bliss, there's some peace. 
that's one thing that uh, I, I try to remind people, you know, sometimes people will will share, you know, that they're in a very dark place. It's difficult. It's, it's messy. And I understand. And then I say, well, you know, you also have never experienced bliss like you did prior to this process. So it's like, what about the bliss? What about these, like you're speaking now, what about this deep relationship with God? And then they say, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, that is pretty cool. Like, well, we can't, we got to accept the full picture here. We can't focus only on the darkness or become too attached only to the the bliss. Um, So in your process, do you have any particular paths that appeal to you? So far, you've spoken really well in a general sense, but are there any specific uh, sort of uh, like yoga or Buddhism or, or or any mystical paths that appeal to you that you found some some connection with? Yeah, I feel like I'm interesting because like I've I've sort of like maybe experimented with different paths, but like I don't have a path. Uh, I don't have I don't follow. I'm not a Buddhist. Um, I. I don't have, I don't really follow anything specific, but I will say that um, over time, I process in just my general attitude and perspective on spiritual uh, unfolding. Like in the beginning, it was more so of this like sort of mental mastery type of thing where I was like very disciplined and I was doing it more so for like having control over um, a lot of aspects of myself, maybe thoughts and being able to concentrate really well and like being effective in the world and things like that. But eventually um that started to kind of fall away and um i would say like maybe my spiritual role model at this point is somebody like ama who is just like in the world not like uh kind of maybe in an ashram or somewhere somewhere else like serving humanity in a really powerfully powerful way who's very connected to um the the deepest aspects of ourselves the eternal sort of spiritual um empty sort of understanding of ourselves but also like um is very much like doing stuff here and like making a a difference because a, a big question i've always wrestled with is kind of this balance between like detachment and like what is like what is detachment what is healthy detachment what is detachment in general what is my um what is my like outlook on that and over time it's like being completely detached does not feel right to me uh, in some ways, like, um, I do need my space and sort of my time away in my isolation and sort of my cave life in some ways. But, uh, as I go on this path, like the most powerful parts of it is usually like kind of just being with other people and like acting in very normal ways, but yet like in, uh, ways that like are more harmonious with like good qualities of a human being, like, uh, you're respectful to people. You are a good friend. You uh, look after people. You uh, love one another. You do all these things, but you do it like in the context of your own life. It doesn't have to be like a, a big old thing. Like you just do that with my own people who are already, who are already like kind of in my life. So I think there's like this sort of like this deeper integrity maybe that is, is kind of my path. Um, just being like a, being a really good, boyfriend being a really good friend being a, a good pet owner to my cat here who's right next to me things like that uh, i think it's becoming more of like a simple uh, uh thing for me where it's just like trying to be the best version of myself i can be but also like knowing that i'm human being and also not perfect either so yeah oh i i really love that yeah that that's amazing advice i think i think sometimes with this path we can get a little excited about 
you know, we're going to change the world and we're going to be an amazing artist or, or write books. And I mean, you're here just bringing us a little back down to earth and saying, what about the most immediate relationships, your most immediate uh, context and integrity? I really love that. I think that's, um, I mean, integrity, integration, I think they're the same word. Um, you know, so, so you're, you're working in a, in a sort of nine to five job, I, I think, I think it is. Yeah. And, um, I know you mentioned like, uh, you know, maybe a career change down the road, but there's many people who uh, are working nine to five jobs going through this process and they have this urge. I just want to run away. I want to go and live in a monastery, live in an ashram and do this work. Um, in your life, clearly that hasn't been necessary. Um, do you think that people with this urge, is there a way that they can find balance in the world? Do you have any advice for those people? Because I know this has been sort of a theme that we, we've been talking about in your life. Sure. I think it's not something that necessarily can be forced either. I think for a while, I kind of did do that, like the more detached lifestyle. And eventually I kind of just saw its natural ending point to where like, that wasn't fulfilling totally for me either. And then there was this like more um, gradual movement back into a more normal life. So I, I felt like that was just sort of a natural um sort of ebb and flow back and forth where that was necessary at times. Like I really needed space to like unpack an immense amount of stuff that is within us. <laughs> you go through this process, you realize there's like an enormous amount of stuff within our consciousness that can be examined. So I feel like a certain amount of time it, that can be beneficial to have that like sort of like runaway lifestyle for a while. But eventually I feel like there's also a movement kind of back. And uh, what I noticed is that like, sometimes I feel like just, living your deepest spiritual self like in regular society in a nine to five job that's not spiritual like at all is actually like really powerful and it, it does make change on, a, on sometimes a, a big level but sometimes just on a subtle level like sometimes people notice that you're acting in a certain way in a corporate job or something or you're you're doing something very specific like you're maybe taking like a deep sort of integrity in the work that you do even if it's not like in the greatest service to, to many that you can imagine I do feel like sometimes that like has a way of like uh, having a certain power to itself too. Uh, so there, there, there was a time where I kind of felt like I, like I need to go be this like great saint who goes and does these things and feeds the poor and things like that. And I mean, some, some of that, some of that still wants to come forward, like to help other people and you know, donate where I can and do certain things. But another part of it's like, you can, for me, the voice kind of just said like, you can do that still and not have to be like another sort of spiritual personality another spiritual ego type of thing where you can just be yourself you can do what you what you're doing and um, find little subtle sort of creative ways to maybe insert uh, a different type of energy into a, a situation sometimes it's like on a bus or on a plane or something like that where it's like there's this random opening where it's like okay this is like someone just needs me to say this to them right here like it's not like that's some big thing where I'm like donating a billion dollars to some charity, but it's like saying something really genuine to somebody on a bus or something, something simple like that. I feel like it's sort of more so coming, um, coming into my processes, like the way to, to move about this. Amazing. Amazing. Right. I, I think, um, 
you know, sometimes we think that, like you're saying, you know, we have to, you know, maybe donate a billion dollars or or become another spiritual character. Um, I mean, here I am, Brent Spirit, uh, a spiritual character. But, um, you know, if we look at the ascension that's happening. So many people are going through this process. You know, we can't all, we don't necessarily need everybody to become an author or a speaker or, or you know, we need people in the nine to five corporate world. We need people on the airplanes, on the bus, sharing, right? There's just so many of us at this point. And so this is great advice about how to integrate back into the world or or maybe not even back into the world in some regard, you know, just because some we don't have to leave. You know, the, the work can happen here. And I think it's meant to happen here for some of us. Um, that That's great advice. Um, okay, so we've got, uh, you know, about half an hour still or so uh, that we can keep chatting. So I'm just just curious about some themes in your journey. Um, were there any uh, like really far out sort of mystical experiences that you feel comfortable speaking about that you haven't touched upon yet? Uh, yeah, um, I feel like there's some really interesting things that have happened like in dreams at times. Uh, I can't so one thing about this process that's really challenging at times is um, memory seems to function a little bit differently. Like like sometimes I, I need like I can if I need to know something like it's, it's accessible, but there's other times where it's like really hard to um, access specific things, and I have to like write things down more. I know like I know Craig says that a couple of times where he's like, I just need to have a to-do list and things like that. So it's sometimes challenging to like pick out certain things in the, in the past. Um, I'd say more so it's like uh, some of the more mystical profound things that happen in my process are um, sort of states of consciousness that you randomly get pulled into during like your everyday life. Um, there are times when I feel like uh, like I'm expanding outside of my body at times. And it's like, I almost like, it's really weird because like the visual perception seems like it's like almost stepping back a little bit. Like I'm stepping like behind my, my own body at times. It's really weird. And it feels like I'm kind of like going up and not up and out, but like just sort of this like weird um, uh, sort of change where I'm stepping back and like looking back down on myself. It's really kind of weird. I don't know if that's going to like evolve more to where um, maybe that's something that is, it happens more frequently or, or evolves to something else but that's something that happens at times um i also noticed that like there is a very real sort of like transmission type of thing that happens uh during a kundalini awakening like there are times where i feel like um when i'm around somebody and it's very random uh i don't control it i don't i can't like initiate it or, or something but like when i'm around a certain person or maybe a group of people like a great deal of, of energy will start to come through me and it will start to like seem to go out into sort of maybe the room potentially or um there's this like uh maybe um it's like spreading in some ways like i don't really know like i'm not this is kind of not my forte of like getting into like auras or sort of like uh how like the energy body works and how it expands and things like that but it does seem like in certain circumstances there's like a transmission happening this energy moving through and into like other places. So it's like you're bringing this energy into the world in very, very subtle ways. And sometimes that's just like, it like lightens somebody's mood sometimes, but sometimes like there've been times where uh, I was meeting with a therapist uh, that I was seeing and like, it's, it just kind of came up and just like just went and like we both felt like, like just kind of blissed out for a while. So there's just like this, um, 
it's like times where weird things happen like that where like it comes up and just like kind of spreads out and blisses out other people at times uh but it's not um that's something i can just do on command i'm not like okay like there or something right. it's very random and i don't think i'm in control of it so it's like i don't in, in the beginning i was like really kind of enthralled by when it would happen but then there, i noticed myself like wanting to make it happen more and then i noticed like it would happen less <laughs> so oh. so it was like kind of a funny thing where it was like uh i'm pretty sure that's just sort of this spontaneous thing that's maybe outside of my personal control that happens when it needs to happen brilliant yeah, that's that's a very uh, interesting uh, experience. The the whole idea of transmission, I think that adds a whole other layer of weird stuff with this process. Like it's one thing to think that there's this energetic process happening in the individual. Okay, then it's like, well, the, also the individual can kind of transmit it randomly to other people. It's like now that's getting a little far out, but it, it's of course is is a valid experience. So in your experiences, it's been, you know, people are, you know, maybe lightens their mood. There's like something palpable. That's, it's not uh, difficult or anything. It, it seems the reason I, I just want to highlight that is because I, I sometimes will get this question from people. They'll say, you know, I heard about this transmission. I'm really afraid. I, I you know, my partner, they're not in a good place right now. I don't want to activate their Kundalini. I'm really scared. You know, do I, should I sleep in a separate bed? You know, what about my kids? They get worried, but, but, you know, like you're saying, it's, it's it's happening spontaneously according to some other will do you have anything to say about that yeah i, I had the same thoughts at times like i, I don't want to like I, I think initially i was worried about like waking it up in others just because like i knew how challenging it was in the beginning for me when it really kicked up so i was like i don't want to put someone through like a dark night just spontaneously like yeah. you know, <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> like no i don't want to do that um but i, I think they're over time, there's just sort of this like maturity that arose that realizes that, okay, if there is some deep intelligence that is moving this, if it's, um, if it has sort of a, a greater sort of maybe agenda uh, that's happening outside of ourselves, it probably also knows like what people can take and what, um, what they need in any given time. So maybe that happens in specific ways because the people are ready to maybe perhaps receive uh, a little extra dose of like Shakti or whatever is being kind of shut out there. Uh, and if it doesn't, maybe it's just like they're moving at a different pace and it's not necessary right now. So they don't, it's not, um, it's not part of the plan right, right now. So I do think like, yeah, it's, um, there's probably an intelligence within that as well. Right. There's a great story, um, about, uh, Sri Ramana Maharshi a guy, I think, I may be mistaken, but I think it was Yuji Krishnamurti, who was like another sort of uh, interesting guy on the path. But he, uh, you know, he approached Ramana and he was kind of in a snarky way. He says, you know, I want what you have. Can you give it to me? And Ramana says, I can give it, but can you take it? <laughs> and so like you, you said the same thing there, you know, people get what as much as they can take and the intelligence kind of calibrates according to what they need at, at that time interesting yeah so i mean i wouldn't like i don't know i asked myself that question at times early on in the, the most intense place like can i take this can i can i can i actually get through this intensity so yeah i mean it's significant thing it's a very powerful thing and i do feel like this kind of a an understanding of, of what maybe somebody needs at any given standpoint uh, what they're ready for and especially kind of their 
there's no other way around sort of my process and maybe some other people's process where initially up front, there's just like a kind of a struggle. So if it's not the time that somebody can afford to maybe have that like initial investment, which some people that can take years or or amount of time, like I think I think there is a knowing there of when, when that should maybe occur. Right, right. So, um, sorry, I, I had a question. Um, okay, so you've been offering some uh, support to others, to peers, like I guess over email, maybe you're in touch with people. Um, generally speaking, are are you are you um finding that this transmission is is part of that or is there something like 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 where does the transmission fit into when you're offering like service work in some way specifically around this this journey this kundalini process yeah so i what i've kind of so there's kind of a, it's two part thing like um i i speak to some people sometimes who are going through this thing and it's mostly over the phone so there's less of like sort of maybe the presence that is uh kind of maybe being transmitted or whatever um but i think in that context there's just sort of maybe i think a big thing that changed for me in my process is that like the intensity started to be met with like more gentleness over time to where it was less like like oh there's a ton of energy and more so like yeah there's still a lot of energy but it's like it starts to refine itself a little bit more and it's just like more gentle and you can be a little bit more calm and you can like relax other people at times who are going through like the maybe the more panicky stages of this process so just like transmitting that like transmitting hey it's gonna be it's gonna be okay it's gonna be hard um it's gonna be moments where this is feels like you're kind of in over your head but just being able to communicate that like I've been there like others have been there you're gonna be okay it's um it's being able to transmit that in more than just words like uh transmit it on a level that like they can they can get and they can know like for sure like, i know it's going to be okay i know it's going to be okay even if it's really difficult so like just that's kind of my main position there when i try to talk to people is like that reassurance that's not just on a logical level it comes from a deeper place that uh that knows on some level that it will be okay and then like in the world is, is sort of like, um, I think for me, especially when I'm physical presence with other people, it's just like really trying to make people feel real relaxed and like, hey, like they have a voice. I, I listen more deeply now. Um, I, I tend to not try to insert my point of view into every single thing when possible, which by the way, is like very, very, very frequent in our society. If you haven't like kind of noticed that, like people just almost like fight for, words in a conversation so i've kind of taken a lot of gas off of that um, when talking to somebody i let them speak let them express themselves let them feel validated in that whatever they're saying and then just like kind of like being like a like a conversational hug at times <laughs> like like they're 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 saying something to you you say yeah cool that's that's great and and sort of like allowing that nice like presence to where people can feel like they're with somebody that understands them or is at least attempting to understand them or um, is not trying to kind of like have this ulterior motive or something. I think that's kind of where right. like the energetic stuff that might happen with the transmission, I don't control that. I don't try to do anything, but like just from my perspective on things, I just try to create a nice environment for people to exist in, I guess. Brilliant. I, I like that approach a lot. And um, I, I've, directly experienced what you're describing from from you actually so uh in one of the zoom calls 
uh, on when lightning strikes. Uh, there was a few people on the call and a particular individual was having a difficult time and they were, you know, expressing a lot and, and it was all welcome. And uh, I think that they felt a little, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but, you know, they said, you know, I know I'm, I'm sharing a lot. And you just said, you in particular were rather quiet throughout most of the call. And you just said, you know, I think one of the great things about this group is that we've been through a lot. And so we have the capacity to hold a lot of space for others that are going through a lot. And that was the transmission that you were offering. And I could see you just quietly sitting on the call, um, just holding space in that way that you're describing there. And I just want to recognize and say, yeah, you know, he, for our audience, you know, Chris is not, he's not making it up here. He's, he's living what he's, what he's uh, sharing. Um, very interesting stuff there. Um, and so First off, thank ahead. you. And I'll also say that like many other people who are going through this process also offer that they don't, maybe just aren't like as aware of that too. Like you do too. So <laughs> you're doing the same thing. So it's, you don't always have to kind of like announce it. I wanted to do it in that circumstance because I felt like it was sure. right. But um, I feel like when somebody who's gone through like a deep, deep process like this, and especially has gone through a lot of things within themselves, there's just a greater understanding of the depth of a human being. So like, there's, it's like, okay, like whatever you're going through, like, it's like it's probably normal <laughs> it's, yeah it's, we are we have a lot to us so just like being able to like hold that in a, even in a non-verbal way like a lot of people already do that too like especially within the groups that we we interact with so yeah it's, it's not just me it's other people do that as well for sure for sure yeah that, that's you know like you said it's one of the benefit you know I, I go going through the dark night going through these you know hellish periods we know when somebody's saying, you know, they're in hell, we know, um, whereas others out there in their lives may not, because I think on the path, everything gets amplified and in, in, including the darkness. And so those that are on the path can relate. So that brings me to my next question. I'm just curious. So the, so the people that you're in, in your life, friends, coworkers, um, loved ones, do they know about Kundalini? Do, do you speak about this to them? How, what are, what does it look like in terms of um, you know what do they know about your spirituality? Yeah, uh, I'm kind of in my personal friend group. I guess I'm sort of like maybe a bit of a lone wolf there. Um, uh, but I, over the years, I've been much more open with it. Like I had to actually, when my process was very um, intense in the beginning three years ago, I had to miss like my best friend's uh, bachelor party because I was just like struggling. And I was like, my body was um, going through a lot in that week or something. And so like I, that at some point like prompted a conversation about what was going on. And I fully disclosed what was, what was happening within me. He thought it was very interesting, but totally like kind of didn't understand fully what was, what was happening either. So a lot of it's, a lot of it's sort of that way. Like I think in the beginning there was like this, um, it's a bit of oversharing maybe it was like the most profound thing that was happening in my life so I had to like tell everybody about it because like it was such a big deal for me like it was like the biggest thing that was happening within this whole body mind thing so like there was just this natural like this is what's happening to me I kept like talking about like oh cool <laughs> sometimes didn't have any idea kind of like what uh what I was even talking about and did feel like many times went over people's heads, but there were some people who like were like, "Oh, I've heard of that," or "Oh, like some other things." So, so maybe like very hit or miss on 
on what was what was going on there. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have a mother who's gone through a lot of sort of inner stuff herself and could understand um, what was what was going on. Um, I'm pretty sure that she is like has a sort of a, a, an awakening occurring and didn't exactly know what was ha happening and as a result potentially got misdiagnosed with something else. It's a whole other story that maybe we can cover a different time, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky on a family level there where uh, where I was accepted and like, okay, that's, that's what's happening there. And um, I think uh, there's, I still kind of toe the line on what I share uh, on sort of the more mystical sort of out of this world type of stuff. Um, just because like, I think there's sort of a discernment that happens over time where you know, like, if somebody's receptive to what you might be saying. And I think at, over time, there's like a, a better recognition of that. We're up front. There was like, just because everything was coming out and this is what's going on. And then over time, it was just like, oh, maybe that's not the time for this. But if it comes up, that's fine too. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, a lot of people are in similar positions where, um, you know, it's how can you not share about this? It's so far out and incredible and difficult. Yeah. You just have to, you just have to for sure. Um, very interesting. So, um, throughout this journey, or, or you know, coming to this point where you're at now, I'm curious about, um, you know, you mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, in your college days, there's some drinking. Lately, are you called towards any particular lifestyle? Are certain things compatible with you, not compatible with you? Yeah, for me, clearly demands. Like, just, this is me personally. I'm not saying this is how it should be for everybody. I'm, I live a sober lifestyle. I do not drink. I do not do not take drugs. Um, in the past, I've uh, experimented with pretty much everything. Um, so, like, that was, that was there. Uh, was never really truly abused in any way. But there was a lot of experimentation there. But for the last three years, I pretty much just like that straight edge guy. <laughs> so I'm happy with it though, because like there's, uh, I don't know, eventually, eventually there's like a really nice energy that starts to, to form. And there are times when you are intoxicated, just sober and totally going about your life. Like you're in a grocery store getting groceries and you're, you're sort of like feeling really, really nice. <laughs> so um, I think, I think that's sort of a thing that replaced the, the desire to try and like invoke that more um, with anything else. Right. Right. Oh, I like I like the way you described that. I think sometimes people feel that they have to follow a certain rule or something, but I think it's a little different where it's just like, it's no longer appealing um, compared to some of the experiences that you're having. Um, for me in particular, alcohol also like, quite literally became like repulsive. Like if I even take a whiff of it, it's just like, definitely don't need this in my body. Um, so, so that's interesting. Um, yeah. Like uh, one thing I'll add to that is that uh, like, I still kind of try like after the awakening, like in its most intense form happened, I did still try because like I was part of a running group that would go have beers after we run and things like that. So like there was an attempt, but in the same, it wasn't necessarily like sort of repulsive for me. It just felt like less good than how I was before I took the drink in the first place. So it, it kind of lost its, um, lost its appeal just because it was like almost became obvious that it was like 
a, I don't know, it's like a nervous system depressant. So like, I felt like my awareness sort of collapsed down in ways that I didn't really like. Like I felt, I don't know, like, I guess if you want to like, uh, have a wild night out and kind of have those inhibitions get completely torn down, that's, that's one thing, but I feel like that's less of a, less of a desire for me now. And also just because like, I live that lifestyle so fully like in college and, and shortly afterwards so like i know like the extreme end of that too and i know it's that's not for me anymore at all so i think for me it's like the whole conversation of like substances and this awakening was a two-part thing one like i like how i just am normally now better than I do on those things and two i just explored those paths fully and i realized they're not they're not beneficial to me. They cannot fill me up in ways that I want, like in a stable, stable way. So like, I just kind of exhausted those paths too. Interesting. So I'm curious. Um, so like you, this, this awakening started happening to me during my teenage years. Um, I think it either went dormant or it just didn't climax until after I, I became like, uh, you know, I, I stopped drinking in particular um, alcohol. I was still using some psychedelics and whatnot, but alcohol, I, I'm just curious on your thoughts about this. If I look at my own journey, I think that, you know, drinking on the weekends as a teenager into my like, you know, early 20s, I think that kept this process at bay for, for a period of my life. Um, in the bigger picture, I think it was all like, you know, orchestrated and, and set up to kind of uh, unfold in the way that it did. I'm curious, do you have any thoughts about that? Do you think alcohol kind of put this back into a dormant state for you or something like that? Yeah, I think that was part of it. But also, I think it made it less smooth to awaken on its natural like progression. So like, I feel like it did sort of like almost like stuff it down, maybe. But then it made it maybe worse later, because it like almost had to like, I don't know, I don't, like reorient itself to its whatever stage it was at at the time. So like, I think, it, I think at some point, like when I was 21 or so, like there was just like, I'd almost like recaused it because I felt like my body just had enough of like what I was doing to it that it almost like forcefully opened just because of that uh, in some ways. So like, <clears throat> yeah, I, in hindsight, like I don't, I can't change anything. I feel like part of my process was really knowing that those things aren't for me. And that took quite a bit, quite a bit of evidence, fortunately. Uh, but I, and in some ways, uh, I feel like it just like, maybe got it off track to some degree where I, like, if I could change something, I would just like, let that happen more naturally and not try to like, stunt the process as much. Uh, also, there was sometimes it's not, not knowing like, kind of, if it was this energy waking up or if I was just having like, you know, difficult sort of mental states and things like that. So like there was, um, I don't know, like a, like a, a weekend after drinking, like a couple of days after drinking in college or something like that. Like it just took me like two or three days for my nervous system to like really balance back out. And then eventually I feel good on like Wednesday. And I was like, okay, like in two days, are we going to just do this again? Like, this is what we're doing. And so and so I think a part of me just got sick of that too. Like just having to like kind of re get back on the horse on some ways, like on a nervous system level. So yeah, just a lot of different factors there. Uh, I do feel like it did sort of like, like from a nervous system standpoint, really suppress something, but then it was like the nervous system had to recover. So it would go like on overdrive to like re 
um, get back to whatever homeostasis it wanted to, to be at. And it caused like a lot of, a lot of un unnecessary suffering maybe. Oh, these are great insights and, and a lot to contemplate. So I know that some, I guess, like, like you and I inadvertently may have delayed the process, caused some sort of, uh, you know, backup, you could say. But then I know others who um, are having a real awakening and they know they're in an awakening process. But for whatever reason, I guess things are too intense, too difficult. Maybe there's also some, you know, ancestral inclination towards uh, addiction and alcoholism, but they find that the, the alcohol is actually the only way that they can just turn the spiritual stuff off and just kind of not have to deal with, you know, God waking up in them. Um, but of course, like you said, it, it, I think leads to bigger problems because then the, the God has to wake up in an even more intense way now, which is very, very difficult. That That's very fresh for me. I haven't heard it described that way, but that makes a lot of sense. I'm curious if, if listeners out there um, have any insight or, or can relate about that. That's, that's fresh. Yeah. For me, that's just sort of like my, maybe my intuition on how it unfolded in my life. I don't like, I'm not, uh, it's hard because I feel like somebody who's really kind of into nervous system regulation could probably like call me out on all these things I'm saying, but that's kind of how it felt within me, uh, how it worked. So yeah, just maybe my wisdom there, I guess. For sure. No, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Okay. And I'm, I'm just curious uh, on your take on, um, on psychedelics. You said you experimented with, with, uh, quite a few different things do you think that they served you on your path were they insightful um just just curious on your take in general yeah uh i do feel like they were useful uh i feel like they reached a a sort of a dead end for me though um what i do feel like they can be particularly useful for is for maybe someone who has never really had any sort of expanded consciousness to suddenly pop out of everyday reality and understand that there's like maybe more to uh what's going on uh maybe that's just like i mean there's a lot of different stuff out there right there's even mushrooms to dmt to ayahuasca all these different things that uh can kind of propel our consciousness into these different places um so i feel like i feel like it'd be useful to like bust outside of the box and be like oh there's more to this and like fundamentally maybe change your perspective on life and have some like life-altering insights at the same time uh, so I do feel like they're useful for that. Where I feel like they can be problematic is when we are using those to maintain those levels of consciousness, maybe. Like there's sort of, it's not really an addiction to psychedelics because like that'd be, that'd be pretty wild to like do them super, super, super regularly. But there is sort of maybe this like, um, uh, just latching on to where they have propelled you to in order to get back there like consistently to be able to feel like maybe a profound uh altered like loving state like if you gotta you gotta take lsd to achieve that um regularly i feel like that might be evidence that there's internal work to do to get there a bit more permanently and not have to rely on that to, to like to know that that exists is one thing be like oh my gosh like this is a thing like this is like there's more to this like that, I think it's very powerful and, and can be really beneficial, but to be like, okay, like that's what I'm doing to be there all the time. Mm. I feel like it's where we get, in, get into a bit of trouble. Um, and where we feel like maybe, where we feel like maybe like that's the only way we can heal too. Um, is, is might be problematic. Like I feel like 
meditation and deep internal work is like a more like gradual, um, uh, more permanent, more stable way of like ascending maybe to where those things can, can take us. Uh, so I just, I just feel like, feel like it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. Cause I do feel like there's benefits, but I also feel like there's potential problems too. Uh, so yeah. Great. Oh, I, I love that take. Thank you. Very clear. And it makes sense. It's it's respectful of the, of those that are exploring with psychedelics, and it's validating for for their experience. But um, being beyond the the sort of exploratory phases where you're at now, you know, reintegrating back into the world after having these experiences, um, I like how you're describing, you know, meditation and the deep inner work. That's that's really where where um a, a lot can be done in a sustainable way. Also. Yeah. Also, also feel like um, when Kundalini really wakes up, like sometimes like psychedelic like experiences happen, anyways. Um, yeah. Like the not only the intensity of the energy, but also like the profound insight and things like that. Maybe it's like less colorful. The <laughs> uh, movie doesn't alter like sort of like visual perception and things like that. But um, I do feel like sometimes like when Kundalini is really flowing and, and moving in certain ways, like you're kind of getting the psychedelic experience at times anyways. So I try not to add more fuel to that in my process now. Like I feel like I'm, I got enough, I got enough to work with uh, for the time being. Um, if I ever get into like a, a rut or things get, I feel like I'm off path, maybe there's, there's room for, uh, you know, popping that back open or something. But I feel like once, once it really starts to wake up and move, like it, Someday you just kind of feel like you're on psychedelics anyways. So I don't, right. I don't want to really mess with it anyways. So, yeah. Right. No, you're right. I think that's the trippiest thing. It's one thing to have a wild psychedelic experience and be able to think, oh, you know, I'm on drugs. It's another thing to have a wild psychedelic experience and know you're not on drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's even more trippy. So great. I, I really appreciate your take on all of this, Chris. It's been a, a great conversation, conversation and, um, I'm really happy that I got to, you know, dive in uh, with you about the, some of the things you went through. Um, you're another example of, you know, where this process is taking us um, to a state of integration. I love the example that you're living. And it seems that you're being, uh, you know, inclined uh, by the divine, by God to to support others through your, your transmission and, and however it comes through you. Uh, you know, the things that you're sharing. So thank you. Thank you for the work that you've done for yourself, the work that you're doing for uh, for everyone else in the world uh, in your own way. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I feel like we cover a lot of ground and I respect the, the your presence and your sort of your channel to bring more awareness to this, this process. Um, I feel like it's very important right now, especially with more people seemingly going through things like this. So I feel like that sort of lifeline uh, for people going through this to have information in a really uh, efficient way, um, not to have to surf the internet, but to hear people who have gone through the experience, talk about it firsthand and the challenges, like it can be really like distilling great wisdom very quickly to people who need it. So that is, that is awesome. And then one more thing I'll say is that like, I'm, I also want to note that I'm not through this process. I have not like gone through, um, I'm not to, to the whoever end we we might perceive this process goes. So like I still have challenges. I still have struggles. Um, there are moments where uh, 
you know, I wrestle with the, with the energy and, and kind of how it's moving through me. So I also want to say that like, I'm not like a example of somebody who's like perfected this process either. So like, I, I do feel like, yes, like you said, like I, I'm somewhat integrated. Uh, I do have a somewhat regular life, but I'm also not like, not perfect with this either. So I want that to be, I want that to be no. <laughs> great. Great. Oh, thank you for, uh, your humility. Yeah. Um, I, in my experience too, I mean, I'm still still doing the work and the work is still ongoing. And I actually haven't had a single guest on that hasn't had a very similar attitude to you that says, yeah, you know, we've reached a certain point where we can talk about it now without, you know, getting super bogged down or confused with there's some clarity, but the work uh, continues. And uh, you're a great example that, um, you know, lets other people know, you know, you can get back in the world prior to becoming perfect and you should because there is no... Uh, there's no like, you know, I'll wait till this process reaches perfect completion and then I'll, you know, get back in the world and relationships and service and work. No, no, we start when whenever we're called. So thank you. So Chris, um, if people would like to reach out to you to, uh, you know, find a little bit more about you, to connect, uh, is there a way that they can connect with you? Yeah, yeah, I can give you my email. It's chris at woodstra.io. I can send it to you and maybe you can put it in your your channel for people if you want to email me and talk. I don't have like a don't have a service where I meet with people. It's pretty informal. Um, so if somebody wants to reach out, I'm happy to to take a call and just chat through it uh, on a pretty informal basis. So I can give you my information there. Um, uh, I know you mentioned Kate West already. I'm I'm in the Whitening. Uh, when lightning strikes group uh, with you so you can find me there i think kate's doing really cool things uh bringing people together and off offering like services to to people who are going through this process so you can find me there uh, i think i'm in craig's group as well on facebook um and then yeah i don't know you can find me if you, if you really want to find me just let me know <laughs> great great uh, so yeah. the information will be in the description to connect with chris as well, if you have a comment, uh, you can leave a comment on the YouTube comment section, and, and I'm sure, Chris, uh, you can pop by to uh, to respond to any questions and just say hi. Um, and if in the future you uh, be, you sort of evolve your service work and however that may look, you send me a message and I'll update the description. So the description will have Chris's most updated uh, ways to connect and, and explore uh, the path with him. So thanks again, Chris. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. I think uh, our audience uh, will have a lot to relate with, a lot to chew on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. All right. And to our audience, thanks so much for hanging out with Chris and I today. It's been a good time. We'll catch you later. Much love and peace. Yeah.